so many we were with them for hours, and they darkened the sky above us. And it was not only the animals that caught my attention. Here and there we had seen Indians, all on horseback, usually sitting stock still and watching the train passing. Now we were heading through the country of the southern tribe, whose name I could not spell towards the Blackfoot territory, before skirting the edge of the Flathead's land. Part of me quaked in fear at the idea that we would encounter Indians, but now I know another part of me wanted an adventure before we reached San Francisco. I did not know at that moment, of course, what an adventure I would have. My eyes stayed on the page, but lost their focus as I thought about my new life. Before we had separated at Portsmouth, Mama had given Miss Adams a pamphlet that I was to read on the crossing about wifely duties. I suspect she thought that, had I read it before leaving Portman Square, I may not have boarded that steamship. It spoke only of duty and tolerance. My tolerance, that is. Tolerance towards what was expressed as my marital duties and my husband's natural physical needs. I had no knowledge of what form this tolerance was to take, or what physical part I might play in it. I regretted that Mama had not given me the pamphlet herself, so that I might have been able to ask her, but I also guessed that this was precisely what she had been trying to avoid. There were, I knew, issues of some delicacy surrounding private married life. I just wished I knew what they were. Mama and I had shared a bedroom all my life. Papa had suggested the year before that I might take one of the other six bedrooms, but Mama had refused, saying she required my company. He lived in a different wing of the house, and the only physical thing I had ever seen my parents do together was walk into dinner, my mother's hand on my father's arm. Miss Adams proved herself once again no great help by staunchly refusing to discuss the pamphlet's existence after handing it over to me. The coach slowed. Mr. Goldsmith leant down from his perch on the roof. Bridge, ladies? His disembodied voice said somewhere above the open window. It was customary for the driver to halt the coach before a bridge, whilst one of them team jumped down and inspected it for soundness. Then we would proceed with some caution. Many of the bridges on this remote trail were over a decade old and were wanting repair. I tried to see out of the window, but Miss Adams's look of reproach meant I sat back again in my seat and turned my eyes to my book. I listened, though, as the teamster returned and spoke to the driver in his American brogue. Looks fine. A few planks out further along, but it doesn't look like it'll cause any trouble. It's just a gulch, runoff for the glacier. The man retook his position next to the driver, and the coach lumbered forward. I studied my book. Despite my vague longing for an adventure, the bridges often frightened me. Crossing them was perilous, Most of them were only just wide enough for the coach and took all of the skill of the driver to keep them on the rails. Fortunately, our team had come out of Chicago and had over twenty years' experience, and Mr. Pinkerton had recommended them to Papa personally. My thoughts returned to you and the long moment we had seen each other at the hotel. Your image remained fixed in my mind. The day had turned somewhat warm. I found my fan and opened it, directing cooler air onto my face as I read and drew, trying to ignore my aching hip bones and my sore back. 
I do not know what you read that makes you so overly heated, Miss Adams said sarcastically. I looked at her, unable to keep the colour rising in my face. She knew well, after all, what I was reading. It is some poetry of Mr. Dryden's. Poetry is a waste of time, which no wife-to-be should meddle with. I thought about that as the coach hauled itself onto the bridge and began the slow crawl forwards. Mr. Stanton has written to me particularly kindly regarding my own interests, which he is keen I should keep up, I said at last. Miss Adams raised an eyebrow. You will learn soon enough, Miss Forsyth, that what men say and what they intend are two different things. What do you mean, please? I asked, curiosity getting the better of me. Indiscretion or passion...